Good evening, and welcome back to another edition of the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined, as always, by my buddy, Rob. What's going on, Rob? Nothing. Hope everybody's doing okay out there. Yeah, I hope so, too. Um, welcome back to the uh, the Internet's finest JMU podcast. <laughs> Certainly not the Internet's only JMU podcast anymore, uh, which has been a good thing. And looking even finest? To... That's oh, a bad thing. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Well, something. Oldest. Yeah, oldest. <laughs> yeah. We've um, got oldest covered in every category, I think. Every category. It'll be a lot of that tonight. Yeah. Uh, actually, I did see Medea. It looks like he's getting ready to do the first in quite a while of his show. And I will be looking forward to hearing, you know, an official, <laughs> an official version of things. From somebody uh, who knows what they're talking about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So welcome, everyone. We have a, a really fun, I, I don't know whether to call it a holiday special or a, you know, just it's a big fun thank you to our community. So we have that coming up tonight and we're excited to just be here talking about this. Um, a couple of pieces of business before we get started. Uh, Rob, we did see that there were some new, there were three more out of conference games added in football. Um, none of them were particularly exciting or surprising. I don't mean that they were, you know, they are what they are. They're, they're, they're the, uh, the buy games down the road for JMU. Uh, I did think the one that's interesting is the North Carolina A&T game they play quite a few years out now, and A&T will be long gone from the MEAC um, by then, and maybe that may be a more competitive game than folks realize by the time that rolls around. So we'll see. But um, nothing big on football. Uh, tough news this week. Obviously, there's no men's basketball. Rob, I don't have any particular news. I, I saw UVA's in the same boat. JMU's certainly not alone. Um Right now, all their games are canceled through at least a week from Saturday at East Carolina. They're still is still technically on the schedule. I guess we'll see what happens. Uh, most important thing is to get to January second when they play Towson. So we'll find out what comes next for the men, right? Yeah, we'll just yeah. take it one day at a time. Yep. And then uh, good news today: women's hoops won uh, pretty handily, a little better than the score reflected over GW at home today. Um, Rob, I did get to watch today. It was pretty fun. It was on NBC Sports W Plus here in the D.C. area, and I got to watch a good bit today. Um, I was thinking about Coach O and everything he said, and as you wrote and said last week or the week before, the freshmen are really good. Like, they can really play. Really good. And it, yeah. it's it's not just one or two of them, the entire class. You know, a lot of people were rightfully high on his class last year that he brought in. But people that know what they're talking about, i.e. not us, said this year's class as a whole might be even better. And goodness gracious, I mean, not only are they contributing, they're leading the way some games. I mean, Kiki's doing what Kiki does. Yeah. But, man, it, it's been pretty exciting to see how, how competitive they are on a night-night basis. And not just the team, I mean, the freshmen. Uh, you know, going for 30 points the other night. and It's, I don't know, the, the sky's the limit with this team over the next three, four years. And I think it's hopefully – just a sign of things to come in terms of consistent recruiting at this level. Yeah. And you, last week we were recording while they appeared to be getting blown out by Buffalo and we hoped they'd make a run and they did make a run. <laughs> they did yeah. lose that. That was, that was a loss, but they came back and beat UVA over the mountain uh, right after that and have since won two more. So in pretty good shape uh, watching the game today, I was reminded um, it's, they're still freshmen. Like they're so talented offensively, and I think Coach O has to keep Hazel and Peyton McDaniel 
he really needs them in the game. So Kiki's not the only real scoring threat. Mm-hmm. But they do. They're going to have some. Co- they need some coaching up in terms of the defensive end and the other smaller elements. And that's not a knock on any of the players in this crazy year, though. No, that's um, their freshmen. Yeah, they're freshmen, and they haven't seen this. And I think, you know, both just decision making, kind of playing within the offense. I don't mean like poor decision making, but just continuing to, you know, work within the framework. And then the level of defense required. I, I think there's a little bit of getting caught flat footed from some of the younger players. Um, yeah, the coaching staff has their work cut out for them in this very challenging year. And it's going to be fun to see them try to develop because I, there's there's a ton of talent there. And with those three, there's real offensive, like one-on-one talent. And to see that if they can develop into a team will be fun to the extent we get to watch it this year. So yeah. Just, it, it, you know, it's exciting. And Diouf is, they need her on the floor defensively, um, you know, without. Caleb Cooper Williams from last year, you know, they've got to have a bigger player in the paint and they don't, you know, she's really the only one right now. Um, but yeah, you can tell they're still working on the rotation. They just haven't had the practice time together, but really excited for the women's team and good win today. Oh, Rob, did you know, I did not know that the GW coach was uh, Jennifer Rosati. I, I remembered her from UConn. Oh, wow. right? yeah. yeah. I was like, I, I love didn't her. know that. I loved her as a player. Yeah. I, yeah. Feels like a million years ago as we get into some old guys things tonight. But that was fun. And and just in general, it was fun to turn on the TV and see the Duke dog. And, you know, it's just so it's fun. You know, what we've both been enjoying watching the football classics. But it was kind of nice to turn on an actual live contest and hear Kurt Dudley and Ellie Barefoot, um, by the way, solid sideline reporting there. Um, this year so glad to see it but yeah looking forward to hopefully uh, more basketball in the weeks to come we uh, you know just the women have one more game this weekend and they have a break at least schedule uh, as far as what's been announced they're supposed to have a break for two or three weeks until january 1st when they kick off caa play it seems like that would be a sound decision from the way things are going covid wise for basically everyone in college basketball yeah, there's talk. Some people like, oh, play through and they're off campus. I go the other direction. Count your blessings. We, we've seen a lot of games get canceled, luckily without anybody getting seriously sick or any coaches getting seriously sick. But uh-huh. it's a rough time to be doing anything. And we all love college basketball. But we got to think, in my mind, we got to focus on the end game. And let's create a situation we can get to some form of a tournament or two yeah. tournaments, men's and women's. Yeah. And if that means you kind of just take your foot off the gas – during a period where things are kind of going through the roof numbers wise. Yeah. So be it. I mean, the other school of thought is like, no, you jam in all the games now. Well, these are the, the throwaway games. It's going to be conference play in a couple weeks. So mm-hmm. it either got in your five or six out of conference games, or you didn't at this point, there's no point right. in pushing it. Right. If you're Ohio state, they just rewrite the rules for you. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's what happens, right. So, um, yeah, so that's really, I mean, that's about it on the substantive end of the show tonight. And what we wanted to do, Rob, you want to explain it? We, we just, we're so grateful to our friends and community that has been built. I mean, small as it is, uh, you know, I, I keep thinking we've done shows off and on all year this year, and we're late this week. My fault. Um, I wanted to watch the football team play on Monday. Um, but <laughs> we're, we're late this week, but 
I keep thinking like nobody cares. And then we're really consistent every week and people keep showing up and you keep asking for overtime topics and people keep throwing them out there and they're really good. And we're just so grateful for everybody's support and, you know, just to be a part of the community, <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I also feel like we've done this for a while where you kind of put out these calls for OTs and we get them a lot. And our default answer, if it's good, is like, oh, we'll do that later. And we never really get to it. We never do keep it. Coming. Yeah. So we're going to try to just clear things out. So what we're doing is we're going to go through all of the ones we got last week. We put out a call last week and we got a bunch of ones that we thought were really fun. They'd uh-huh. be perfectly suitable to talk about in kind of a, a down week. And this is a little bit of a down week. So we're just going to kind of crank through them, have a little bit of fun. And um, I don't know, it's kind of our way also of, of saying thank you to people who participate and engage with us and listen every week. So very thank much. You and, and, yeah. And we'll have a, we'll have a, like um, probably a holiday, at least one holiday theme and kind of a best of type theme at some, you know, over the next two weeks, if we get to the end of the year, um, assuming there's not like massive news on, Jamie sports front there's limited games scheduled right now so we'll see what happens yeah but this week we actually don't have any holiday topics so it's just pure fun ot stuff yeah i wrote them all down and have an order do you want to lead it or you want me to no 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 go for it all right so our first one that i wrote down um is a fun one it's jmu it wouldn't be jmu without dining questions and this one came from at woody lead on twitter that's our friend ken uh, he asked, what was the best D-Hall item that was served or introduced when we were at school? And what was the worst D-Hall item that sort of came on the menu when we were at school? Um, so I, I don't know. What were you thinking? I, I have a feeling we both may have the same best, but I don't know about worse. I don't know. I always go back to Mardi Gras night oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. when they had the peel and eat shrimp and... I mean, it's not like I'm some sort of foodie now, but I'd like to think that my tastes have, have expanded a little bit. Or, But I I mean, I, I grew up eating peel and eat shrimp at the beach in the summertime. And I don't know, maybe it was just I was so excited to get seafood at that point mm-hmm. after being in school before. I legitimately thought that was good. I remember eating like four plates of it. So that to me stands out as as my kind of one most exciting or, or thing that I look forward to the most at D Hall every year. That's funny. I, I, the Seafood kind of scared me. I thought about that, making that my worst. I, I did not, I wasn't a good seafood eater growing up. Mm-hmm. And then when I got to college for a variety of reasons, I really got into seafood. Yeah. Um, you know, I spent some time at the beach and, and worked at a seafood restaurant and got really into it and just was a little bit scared of the whole seafood. Um, so, but my best thing, I just remember, this is like the dumbest one, but you and I have talked about wingdings before, um, which this is also, this could have also been in the, like, what makes you feel really old. Yeah. Wings were not like something I grew up with. No. Like if you're a kid now, like you grow up with wings in your life and like 15 different wing restaurants in your town, right? Like, but we didn't really grow up with that. That didn't. Like wings wasn't really a thing until about when we were in college, you know. It still Certainly was our pretty fathers did. It yeah. was like regional. It really was like buffalo. It wings. really was, yeah. And and for us, like, and then that started coming around, and we were very aware of like wings being a thing, and then beat ups sort of starting to come around, and and so like the fact that D Hall like embraced that and started doing like a wing night, 
I mean, they were terrible, they were as good. I recall. They, but they I were, liked it at the time. I thought it was really fun. You know? well, they, <laughs> like, were the, they were the plain, like, breaded and fried ones. They weren't... Yeah, real deep uh, fried. Yeah, yeah. Really greasy. I remember we bet Reza if he could eat 50 one night. And he got to, like, 35 and hadn't broken a sweat. And we just conceded. It was obvious he was going to blow right through 50. Yeah. <laughs> He's now a cardiologist, or a cardiac surgeon, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Well... What what are you doing for worst? Well, my worst is is what started out at JMU as my best, which was remember where we used to sit? we used to sit by the ice cream container. Yep. And like as a freshman, or I, I don't know, maybe even into my sophomore year, that was a great thing, right? I would get ice cream and maybe make a milkshake or whatever. It seemed like oh, this is great. I can serve myself ice cream. I mean, that is just so foreign to eighteen year old. But then there was that, I don't know if you remember the Dominator. But there was like a guy who used to come over there and make himself like an 11 scoop Sunday. Yes. And it just grossed me out so bad that I really it turned me off from the serve your own ice cream. But, I don't remember him being particularly like, I mean, I guess he was big, but he wasn't like obese, you know, like, I don't know. It just was the weirdest thing. It just definitely freaked me out. So yeah, I, the serve I, your own ice cream turned me off after a while. Yeah. I'm I'm refusing to answer this one on purpose. I just I, I, on on principle. I mean, I I can't speak yeah. ill of D Hall. I have nothing no. but fond memories. That's, um, that's what I thought too. I, I remember it being like really good food, but I don't know if it was really great food or honestly, it was just kind of the volume of food. Some things definitely were. I remember being very tasty, but it also was reflective of like you said, it was a different kind of food culture back then. Yes. I mean, even like the stir fry station was a oh, big yeah. big deal. You know, that was yes. a to go to. Um, yeah. different, but I really have nothing but fond memories of D Hall. It was just fun. I, I remember having those cycles where you'd get caught in two meals. You'd eat one at, <laughs> at the table and then other people come in. You'd be like, yeah, I got I got no tests tomorrow. I don't study. I, and you'd sit down for another round with the next crew that would come in. Yeah, I guess I'll wander between like, I like find ingredients from three different rooms to make a nacho plate. <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah, that, that I remember. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's pretty good. So thank you, Ken, for that one. Um, the next one I have is from a frequent contributor at Dave Butts. Um, he said most, he asked for our most disastrous drinking game. And I, I think there's a lot of different ways to go with this one. Um, this And, and he wasn't specific. So I, I actually took this beyond just JMU. But <laughs> Oh, yeah, I, I definitely yeah. did. I don't know if you had a, a good one for this one, Rob. Well, I've never played, but I would think... On face value, Edward Forty Hands has got to be the worst game ever. Like, I, you know what that is? Where you just you tape, you duct tape two forties to your hands, and you oh. can't and you can't leave until you finish them. Like, I wouldn't even touch that. That just seems like a recipe, either for jail or you know, at worst, or broken and bloody hands. Maybe on the good night. So I wouldn't do that. Like, I, I'm. I, I don't have a lot of like really bad drinking game stories. Mm-hmm. We did a lot of more drinking games um, in grad school. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the one that stood out, there's this dumb finger bowl game. I don't where everybody, I don't even know. Oh. You ever played this? It's like, you have to keep your finger on the ball on the ball. And then like you call out table. a number. I don't even know the rules to this yeah. day. I always do. I know what's going on. I hate it. And my friend Todd, who lives out in LA, he loves this game. And he's always like, come on, come on, play. And I swear, I don't think anybody's ever explained it to me. I just sit there and I feel like it's just everybody pointing at me and making me drink. I hate it. 
and we had our reunion or like guys weekend last fall mm-hmm. and they kept playing. It was like for three days. Everybody's like, Oh, I kept playing. And I, I just, I hate it. So we had that one was just disastrous because I never know what's going on. And then I'm losing. <laughs> and then my friends in grad school are very much the type where uh-huh. they take advantage of the situation and they'd realize I don't know the rules. And uh-huh. then all of a sudden they just start saying that I'm losing. <laughs> and the next morning they're kind of joking. And it's, a, it's just like a complete, mind f or i don't know even the next day like did i really lose or are they just making up the rules so there's that and then the other one that did that we did a lot in grad school not really a game more like a prank or a bet mm-hmm. um we we'd get guys and i'm not even sure if i fell for this or if i was just luckily enough to be around it when somebody else fell for it but we played a lot of frisbee like we'd go to piedmont park in Atlanta oh, okay. for the frisbee right and you can we inevitably you'd wrap up and you'd be like let's go get some beers and we'd make bets, be like, hey, man, how many beers do you think we can fit in the back of this Frisbee? Like, we turned upside down. Think we could fit two? And, right. people, and everybody says no. And we're like, all right. So oh, yeah, we, yeah. we'd end up betting, like, you can fit, like, four. four. <laughs> and so the thing was, we'd always end up doing it. Be like, hey, man, you think we have two two beers in this? And people would be like, no way, man. It's just a little Frisbee. We're like, well, betcha. Loser needs to chug the Frisbee. So chugging Frisbees is just a bad game. You're, you're drinking out of a disgusting Frisbee. And it's also like, I want to say like three and a half or four beers. So <laughs> those two are, are the ones that stand out for me as being. That's pretty fun. funny. Yeah. I, I was thinking the one I hated in college was um, my two like best friends from high school went to UVA and they played that awful Beirut version of beer pong where you have to like it's like an active game where you're running and oh, like, like, you're like the scramble table. for the ball. Yeah. And it's just ridiculous. Like beer pong is about talking and talking shit. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, enjoy, like taking your time. I don't know. It just, that was awful, but it wasn't particularly disastrous. It just was worthless. Um, mine came from grad school too, from law school. We did not have a real like drinking game culture at law school. At least not that I was aware of. Um, Law students, right? Just <laughs> very serious about everything at times. And um, at the end of my freshman or freshman first year of law school, uh, we did design a guy had a pretty cool house, like with a backyard set up. I don't, I don't know, you know, very similar to like where we live now um, over in Falls Church. And did we had a 64 team beer pong tournament. Oh my gosh. With like a bracket and like the full, so like about half of our law school class participated in this, uh, in a two person team. And this woman, Jennifer and I uh, were a team and we made it to the final four, which is just the most disastrous. <laughs> like, <laughs> like The teams that made it to the final four had no business like being in public anymore, like much less playing a game. I mean, it, don't play a 64 team tournament <laughs> like with, too much. Yeah. It was, it was way too much. Way too so, much. Yeah. That one, I was, um, that was my most disastrous one. So, yeah. Hands down. Yeah. That, that doesn't sound fun. Our, our next one. I love Rob. This is more uh, aimed at you. One of our favorite, um, long time people that we've interacted with, uh, Andrea, um, at house of clay on Twitter. I don't know if it's Andrea or Andrea if I'm messing it up. I'm sorry. Um, but she asked about what is our most embarrassing parent moment to date? 
<laughs> yeah, I guess I guess this one's for me. I mean, I don't have one as a punchable moment, but yours is going to be considerably better than mine. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if, if she's talking about me embarrassing the kids because that's probably every day. <laughs> I wondered. I was like, which way does this go? I've done that. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think I'm fine, but they seem to be very embarrassed by me on a consistent basis. Um, but the things that I've done. I, I don't really embarrass that easy because, I mean, it's just oh. kids. Like, whatever. They're kids. You're on other kids. Stuff happens. You get over that pretty quickly. Um, but I do have a couple of things that stood out that were just kind of like, that were just embarrassing. Like, yeah. We were in Whole Foods years ago. And it was, it was, Sam was young enough that he was still sitting in the cart. So, okay. I don't know, maybe like two. It's it's funny how badly, like, I forget what right. the appropriate age is like what was it right. like he was a toddler he was a he was a little little kid sitting in there and we're just walking through the store and i'm pushing him we got on the beer aisle and sam really loudly gets super excited he's like look daddy dogfish head and it was just like <laughs> it just it just didn't feel right he's probably like you know he's like two years old and he's like that's your favorite daddy you always have that and it was just so there was that and then um, a couple oh, of years ago, there, yes. yeah, I mean, that, so that wasn't great. It, and then a couple of years ago, I think it was two, two or three years ago, we surprised the boys and took them to the Nutcracker, and they reacted about as well as you'd expect two young boys to react when being brought to the Nutcracker. And okay. James just Which to say they were a little confused as to what was going on. Right? Well, they, no, well, we told them, and we're like, it's a Christmas show, and they were excited. And then we were like, well, we need to explain it to you. Yeah, we need to explain it to you because there aren't words. And they're like, what? We're like, well, it's a dance. And they're like, you're making it even worse. (laughs) So Sam was like, you know, he was probably nine at the time. And he was like, "Eh, whatever, I'll make the best of it. And we were going out to dinner after. And so whatever. And we're getting James dressed. And he's like, you're making me wear handsome clothes. This is terrible. And And we go... And he was just like full on like trolling us and being obnoxious the entire time. So we go in there and he's like, this tie itches, I'm choking. And he's sitting, he's like freaking out to the point where like he's literally upside down in the seat being like, when is this going to end? And it ends for, it goes for intermission. Uh And he jumps up and he's like, yes, it's over. And we're like, (laughs) no, James, it's just intermission. We're like, what's that? It's break. He's like, and he really loudly. So like everybody could hear him. And he's like, it's only halftime. And it was just, I mean, it was kind of funny and we still joke with him about it, but it also was, yeah, it was, it was a little bit embarrassing, <laughs> causing a little bit of a scene. Pretty good, Rob. I did not know that one. Yeah. Well, yeah that's your sports nut kid right there. Yeah. yeah. Love it. No, I don't have anything really good here. Um, I was thinking of it in, in terms of like stupid things I've done as an uncle. Um, embarrassing things I've done. The only thing I did, I, I bought my nephew a, a bow and arrow set a year Ooh. before that was appropriate. <laughs> it was not like a serious, um, not a serious thing, but like kind of an indoor or play type one. But I, he wasn't quite ready for the, like, you can't shoot this at everything and anything and anyone at any time. And now <laughs> he has an eye patch, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. No, no. But that was just, yeah, I think I quite lived that down with my brother and sister-in-law yet, but <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, our next one, I do know who this uh, this is from at, um, I don't know how you would say the Twitter handle, Calafi DJ, 
we do know who this is. This is uh, one of Sarah's buds, I think. Um, and she asked, what are the worst misunderstood lyrics that you didn't believe were true? Um, this was a tough one because I'm not the worst at this. But I was wondering if you had any of these. I have one for me. I'm uh, that yeah, I just I, learned today when I was thinking about this. <laughs> yeah. I this is kind of a weird one. Like it, you know the Who's Eminence Front. It's like from their '80s thing. I feel like it's in a lot of soundtracks. Mm-hmm. So I, have some, I until like very recently, mm-hmm. I thought it was Unlimited Funk, and I could never understand why the Who was singing about Unlimited Funk. And even now, like I listened to it tonight before we went on there. I'm I'm still not convinced that I'm wrong, but. Mm-hmm. That's that's the one big one that that stands out. I don't. There might be other ones uh-huh. that I know, but it's probably in the category. Of, I don't know they're wrong yet. Like this yeah. is the one where that has been unveiled to me that I was very very wrong. Oh yeah, the one I did not know, and I kind of like was thinking about this, and I like looked at you know looked it up a little bit was um, the fairly recent right last ten years Taylor Swift blank space does not say Starbucks lovers. It says something about ex-lovers. Star-crossed or something? Yeah, yeah. Like, I definitely thought that was, like, a topical reference and did not know that. I guess that's just an old guy admitting that. But, yeah. Um, oh, I've also had a, a three-decade-long argument with Gaster, and I can say this because I don't think he listens to this. But um, you know the Huey Lewis song, Heart of Rock and Roll? Oh, of course I do. And it's the Heart of Rock and Roll is still beating? It's in Cleveland, right? In Cleveland, yes. I've, yeah. I've been trying to convince Rob. Like, I, I originally thought it was the heart of rock and rolls in Cleveland. And then I realized it wasn't. Like, Rob, I think we were like... Yeah, we were like 14. And he's like, you're wrong. And I just, at that age, you know, you just dig your heels in. Like, no, you never admit you're wrong. And so it's been going on. Like, right now, I should have remembered this. Yeah. Yeah, it's been going on like 30 years. Mm-hmm. I'm, and he gets really annoyed. He's like, I know you know it is. I'm like, no, no, no. I was like... And I, my story has been that's why they put the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland mm-hmm. was to honor the song, and it drives him crazy. So it, and it's it's been going on now, I'm, no joke, since like 1994 or 95. But oh wow, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm with you on this one. So I yeah. know, <laughs> I love it. Um, so now we've got two coming up, Rob, that are both old guy centric here. Um, first, at TJ Stefano. Timothy on, uh, but at TJ Stefano on Twitter asked, our worst old man moment. And I mean, let's be honest. I, I think we both, <laughs> there's an origin story for this whole project and podcast that, that lends itself to this one. But I don't know if you have another one too. Well, no, I mean, I was, you can tell that story, but the whole old guys leave thing stands out. The only reason it wouldn't, be top of my mm-hmm. list i thought we were young then i mean i, I would give anything to be that young <laughs> i was explaining this at home tonight and i said sadly it's been 12 years since that episode occurred yeah. which is longer at least for me that it, it's been more time since that episode than between, between that episode and when i graduated from jmu yes you exactly those those little savages that did that to us yes. are, are older now than we were then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is. So uh, we, everybody probably knows this, but after the 08 App State game, um, Rob and I made an appearance along with another friend at our former Cal 
Hills, Forest Hills, um, which happened to be having it. We just were so excited and we were kind of, you know, you know, high on the wind and the fun time on campus that day. And we made an appearance and the students who were living in the house we used to live in were having a party and they invited us in early in the night. Um, <laughs> and, and everything was going fine for the three of us, three funny old guys who used to live here were hanging out. And, and through the course of the night, pre-cell phone, our other older guy friends started rolling in to the point where the young ladies who lived at the house eventually started a chant saying, old guys leave, old guys leave. And we looked at each other like, I wonder who they're talking about. <laughs> and then we realized exactly who they were talking about. And that is the origin story for most of this podcast, which are the blog, which started the next year. Yeah, And it wasn't just the people in the house. It was the entire party. Party. Oh, it was like a good 35 people. Yeah. But the worst part about it was we're like, yeah, we're out of here and we leave. And then the people living in the house come out and get, and I think it was maybe, maybe me and Rob. I'm not even sure. Who's yeah, there. You. You know, no guys, not you, the other old guys. And we're like, not, not any better. Not any better. No, didn't, didn't, didn't solve the problem. But yeah. yes, I, we were at the time like early thirties. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking with 2008 is when that happened. So we had been out of college about 10 years. Mm-hmm. And now it's been 12 years. So yeah. whoever those <laughs> those young people were in the house, yes. I don't know. Did you have another good one here, though, Rob? For well, I, I mean, my life is just one big string of old man moments. So yeah, hard to distinguish I, them. But I, I'm not sure if I told you about this, but I I got a young guy who works for me, and this year he went through a breakup. And he asked me to go for coffee to talk it out. And I was like, okay. I mean, I'm, I'm the guy's boss, but like he was yeah. upset. So you're like, you got to, it's 2020. This was before the whole pandemic. Like, you need to be sensitive. You need to care about mental health. And everything. and the guy's talking to me and he's going on and on. And after about 40 minutes, I was just like, goodness gracious. Like, how much longer can I listen to this guy talk about his, his then ex-girlfriend? Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I went with the advice that people used to give us when we were that age, we used to give other people, which was, Hey man, just it's time for swingers. And then go out, like watch the movie. swingers." <laughs> he clearly has never seen the movie swingers and just looked at me like I was some sort of old pervert telling him to go <laughs> like explore. <laughs> and I had no idea. I was like, well, what the hell? Like it didn't even dawn on me until I was walking away. I was like, why did I get such a weird reaction? Like, that's what you do if you're a guy in your twenties, when you break up, like, you, you watch Vince Vaughn and John Favreau in a breakup movie. And then you get some drinks, go out with your friends and you get out with your life. And then I was telling, I, I, Donald, I was like, what the hell, man? That was really weird. The guy looked at me like I had six heads or like I was some sort of freak. Yeah. And then I was telling some other colleagues who are probably a decade older than him. And they were like, what the hell are you talking about? And I realized this kid was probably like in kindergarten when when, Swingers when that movie out. came out. Yeah. yeah. So that, that that wasn't a highlight of my uh, work life this year. It's wonderful. You're like uh, the New Orleans mayor valuing the Swingers convention over the yeah, exactly the of his residence. Yes, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, that's fantastic. Um, yeah, we both, Rob. I think we could fill an entire show as we're reaching the point in our lives where. Um, Worst old man moments could be an entire like a uh, medical episode. Yes, and it would, it be, could, it could be if we did yeah. video. It would be me trying to put on socks in the morning. Yeah, and like some of the 
and the like regular procedures we're beginning to um oh, are pretty awful so we're not gonna go that far but i will say one of my oldest man i had a little i think i we when I talked about this, but, you know i love to I, I run and i was training and this was a couple few years ago and was really struggling with blood sugar mm-hmm. like you know where you'd like squat down and then you stand up and you get lightheaded right yeah. but i was like fainting i mean like passing out like for 10 seconds at a time <laughs> you know a few things after i would do a long run or something and um, and i was convinced that something i mean i was i thought i was eating enough and doing all this and yeah, I, had, I went through like three or four, you know, I went to see my doctor and they referred me to a heart specialist and I did a whole thing. And I went through like two or three days of testing and had to do all this stuff for them to be like, yeah, you should just eat more. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I was like, like, there's nothing wrong with you. Like I was convinced that something awful is wrong with me. And no, not at all. When, when the doctors are that blunt, it's always something like, did I ever tell you like yeah. when Sam was very young, he had... I mean, he still has, but he had a large head from the time he was born to the point where that can be a sign. It can be an indicator of autism and all these, these things okay. that we deal with to the point. And his head was big enough that the doctors had to refer us mm-hmm. to go see like a ner- to get a scan. Okay. And it's a pretty scary thing to do sure. you know, for, for anybody, but particularly when it's yeah. your first kid. Yeah. And so we go in there and we have the scan and then we have the consult immediately afterwards with the head of neurosurgery of, of this practice. And he comes in and I clearly was much more nervous than my wife. Like I was just on, on pins and needles and he could just see the angst on my face. And he's like, what are you guys here for? And he's, we're like, Oh, well, you know, they referred us to you because my son has, has a large head and we want to make sure it's not autism. And he looks at me and the guy could tell, like, I, like I was just in knots and he's like, yeah, your kid's fine. He goes, he's got a big head. Cause you got a huge head. <laughs> And I was like, what? He goes, seriously. He's like, can I measure it? He's like, I'm a head doctor. And I don't see heads like this. This is amazing. And he comes over and gets a tape measure. And he starts working at it. And like, it was, it actually was like the best bedside manner ever. Because like, the guy was playing it very straight. But he's like, this is incredible. And he gets out the charts and he's seen, he's like, this is your son's head in the slope. And he's like, this is your head. And he he literally puts his hand like off the chart. And he's like, your kid's fine, man. He's got a big noggin because you got a big noggin. No, that's awesome. But it's just one of those things, like, you're very worried. And some doctors, it's funny, like, you get so worked up about things, and they're like, no, dummy, eat more. Or no, dummy, you've got a giant head. Like, La grande cabeza. Yeah. I actually, I, I went to the doctor once with neck problems. My oh, neck yeah, yeah. really bothered me. And the diagnosis was heavy head. <laughs> It's like what? And they're like, "You got a big head. It puts a lot of strain Ooh. on the muscles in your neck." Swingers and heavy head, Rob. It's yeah, one of those nights, man. That's me. So. <laughs> oh boy, oh, this has gone off the rails, and I'm really yeah, it has. It has. Yes. Um, which brings us to our next one, um, which is another. I thought this was a really good JMU old guy one, and I think both of us probably have different ones and lots of things to talk about on this one. I was really glad to see this is at E Rose eight twenty two Emily um, who was really interacting with everybody last week enjoying this and we're glad for it. Um, she asked, "What was the first big change at JMU that made you feel a hundred years old?" And she said, "For hers, it was E Hall." Um, 
East Campus Dining Hall, which really does make me, it still makes me feel ancient right now. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> yeah, actually, neither, I, actually, nobody in my house or your house knew what that was. Still knows what that is. I was like, is that festival? <laughs> no, it's something else, I think. But yeah. Um, yeah, I, what did you, what was, for me, Rob, I was thinking it definitely was, I mean, Ben Markwitz put up that picture of what the CSAT campus was at the time, like, which was one building mm-hmm. on the other side of campus. I mean, I, I mean, you may have a better one than me because you, but I mean, basically everything on that side of campus, I mean, even festival seemed wild to me, but when they had the Rose library, I don't know what year it was where there was that like dance party or like random like, flash mob flash mob. Yes. And I, it, everyone was like posting about it. And I looked at it and I'm like, what the hell is Rose library? <laughs> like they've already named another library for a president that I didn't, didn't even have as my president. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, I mean, yeah, that one really got me <laughs> for sure. No, that's, that's absolutely what I was going to say. Cause okay. Isn't there like another library? I feel like at one point people were complaining like, oh, and, so, like, and I was Carrier like, Whoa. is the library, but I never call yeah. it Carrier Library because it was just the library. The library, yeah. <laughs> and then people are talking about Rose Library. I'm like, what the hell is this? <laughs> and, and then there was some sort of hubbub about the name of it or there's going to be another something. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We've already gone, you know, it's a bridge too far even having this second library. Yeah, and like, I mean, we 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 had... You and I have had conversations in our lifetime, post-graduation, about like, I don't know about this Linwood Rose guy, like like this new <laughs> president, right? Like, and obviously, like we've come on, you know, you know, we've come around over the years, but like, that was like early. I don't know. Yeah, that's just crazy. Yeah, he still seemed like, a, yeah. yeah, just. I mean, what was that like? I guess that was just the default thing. If you're a JMU president, they name a library after you. Yeah, I don't know. I was thinking for you because you were there. I only had one year where Godwin was the was UREC. Like you had a couple years where there was no UREC. UREC was my senior year. Yeah, UREC was your senior year. So where for me, like I had three years of UREC. So. I mean, that's wild <laughs> to think about. I mean, there was nothing over there except the ISAP building and the condo. Those trailers. Yeah. I mean, when they built what is now, I don't even know what's over there. But when soccer started playing over there, wherever that, you know, over by the mall, that seemed like the craziest thing ever. And now they don't nobody plays over there i don't know what plays over there right? there's no, nothing over there people would get lost coming home from there going back to yes, yes, yeah. yes. now they play in bringing you know bridgewater yeah. yeah i don't know so that was a good one thank you emily we we definitely appreciate that one all right rob um just a quick fun one i don't know how to answer this one um at bruce osborne who's always good interacting with us asked what was your weapon of choice for the zombie apocalypse um we did say the sillier the better um the first thing i could think of was bourbon because i'm probably not any use to anyone during the zombie apocalypse um, um but I, I guess a flamethrower sounds pretty cool like any kind of flame type weapon seems 
good for me. Well, you're, you're going to need to educate me on zombies. I, I'm yeah, not I don't a know. big zombie I, guy. I, are there rules? Is it like like vampires? What you got to do a stake? It's in the all world? Like, walkers for Game of Thrones for me. Like I don't really. I'm not a Walking Dead. Yeah, I don't know a lot of zombie stuff. I don't, I don't know. think there's any rules. I just I assumed I was thinking like, you know, in like old school fantasy thing. I normally want some kind of like a staff, but that doesn't seem good for zombies. So. I'm not good at shooting anything. I can't imagine myself shooting a, you know, an arrow or a bullet of any kind. I'm not probably much use with that. So the flamethrower just seems much a simpler item for me. See, I, just, I just don't know enough about zombies, but I think it's because they've never scared me. Like it's just, yeah, aren't they just like all decrepit. And my impression has always been like, you kick them and their arms fall off. Like mm-hmm. it's like a modern day yeah, version of a thriller, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. So from that standpoint, I think I'd go old old school and just like a baseball bat. Because mm-hmm. whenever I haven't watched anything zombie related in probably 25 years, but I, my memories are just what I was saying. Like you could just take a shot at them and they'd all fall apart. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's an apocalypse and you're going down and things ain't going well. I guess it'd be kind of cool to like tee off on somebody's head in a <laughs> I mean, in, in in this situation, I would not do this in a normal. I don't. I'm a man of peace. Right. But if it's me or the zombies, I don't yeah, know, yeah, yeah. at least it's a little more sporting of a chance. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, 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 like I just go old school. I'd go baseball, and then if I had to go something baseball a little more vicious, I would yeah. maybe do chainsaw, uh, which is a more Ooh, gruesome yeah. version of what I just said. Yeah, or like uh, like I don't know, baseball bat with spikes on it or something. Oh <laughs> yeah, know. like one like one of those things, yeah, like, like uh, mace type thing. Yeah, right. right? Like the Raiders fans bring their yeah, games. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, that's a good one. Hawk and Animal, Road Warriors style. Yes, <laughs> I couldn't think of that. Yeah. Oh, I like it. Um, all right, so we got two more good ones here. So at jfloyd6942 asked, where on campus have you taken a tumble? <laughs> and I liked this one. I actually responded last week because I, I, I had to think about it for, for me. But I think that I know that I, I think you and I maybe together at some point witnessed somebody trip over the gate that they used to close at the top of the row, like running and then tried to jump over it and didn't make it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was like an immediate face slam. RMH yeah, <laughs> admission. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but what, what about you, Rob? I've got a I've got I, I did some thinking about this one and have a good one, but I'm interested to hear yours on this one. Oh, I didn't need to think at all. I mean, there's there's one clear one that just unfortunately is burned into my brain and will oh, be boy. until my last my last breath. Um, yeah. My sophomore year, I lived in Shorts Hall, uh-huh. which was you know on one side of the lake, and yep. our fraternity house was on the other side. Mm-hmm. And we were doing like I don't know, just hanging out on like a Friday afternoon, and it was really nice. It was in spring, nice day, sunny out. And I had to run back for something in my dorm. I don't know, get my jack card or get money or something like that. And I jumped on my bike and I remember riding up and I'd had maybe a beer or two. I mean, it wasn't like drunk, but, and I came over the bridge and I saw a particular, I saw Kim Shufert, uh-huh. you know, girl that I was very, very much had a crush on through um, most of college. And I assume she didn't, she wasn't going to say anything. She didn't know who I was. And so my plan was I'll just go low and right over this bridge and she won't say anything. She was on the other side of the bridge. Right. Mind you, I'm six foot five. I was on 
I was on a flaming red GT mountain bike. So my whole plan, like it's literally, you've been on the bridge. The bridge is what? Eight feet wide. Uh I was like, Oh cool. Well I will just, you know, duck down, zoom right by. She won't even notice. Won't be embarrassing. And so I was just like, what, you know, just just go, you know, it's like a little junior high boy nervous to Mm -hmm. me in front of a girl. And I turned to go on the bridge and I'm starting to execute my plan. I'm looking down and she goes, Oh, Hey Rob. And I look up and I go, oh, hey, Kim. And I got so nervous, I hit a patch of gravel and slid and slammed on my butt <laughs> to the point where, like, she comes running over, like, are you okay? And I just got up and like, got back on my bike and just took off as fast as I could. There was blood. and gr- I mean, it was a nasty white <laughs> It was, I don't know. It was just. Did she it, come over? She started to, but I took <laughs> off. Like I was Lance Armstrong. Like I still, I still thought in my mind, like I can get out of here before she even notices that I'm here. And I was gone. It was awful. I, I don't know what the hell I was thinking. Like, I, I don't know. It was, I love it. it's horrific. It's, it's been many, many years. And I, still, I still feel the embarrassment. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's that one will stick with you. Yeah. I'm impressed that neither, I didn't say, I, I was wondering if you were going to say the railroad tracks. Um, no, I, I don't oh, I ever there. fell. On, yeah, I don't remember ever taking a bad fall on the railroad track. Um, and then I thought about like I, I will say I I'm I t- I take it slow down that hill from D lot to the tunnel these days as an older as an older fella. Um, the little stairwell down from where we park for football down to the tunnel. But the one I thought about, Rob. So two things about your story that I just love is a mine is sophomore year just like yours was sophomore year. Sophomore year, probably everyone's most ridiculous year, I, I think. I don't know. We might do dumber things our freshman year, but we, I, I don't know. We don't have the confidence to really do dumb things like, yeah. that we do sophomore year. And then mine is also on a bike. So you were talking about the biking and me too. And I, this is funny because you were the person I thought of riding my bike. And I remember sophomore year all, so many times so your senior year, riding my bike over to what's the street on the other side of campus over there where the hospital is? Cantrell. Cantrell. Yeah. So like graffiti house and oh, lodge yes. over mm-hmm. there. And I just remember, you know, it's really hilly over there. <laughs> like, and not being particularly, you know, I wasn't a, I was not Lance Armstrong on the bike. And I rode that everywhere, including in the evenings, like going to, I just remember going to the lodge or going to graffiti over that part of campus. And then like that street is really busy. Yes. Like you would kind of ride through campus where you could just be an idiot and not pay attention to anything. And then you would hit that Cantrell and it's like, oh crap. And there's like a curb and it's hilly and there's cars like flying by and I, I can't remember like a specific fall, but I, as far as like tumbling, I definitely remember like starting to go in the street and then like slamming on the brakes and jump it, you know, either falling or jumping off, like being like, what the hell am I doing over here? Like just yeah. trying to get across to that other side of Cantrell where the party houses were and stuff. Playing, like, playing Frogger. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I yeah. just remember being like, I have got to stop riding this bike now. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know? it's... Yeah. And I, I don't know, kids are probably smarter hopefully people are smarter today about helmets and lights and stuff like that. But back then it was just, while it was truly Frogger, 
yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, real sense. yeah that's that, that was definitely the one that i had thought of um and then our last one rob i love um this was a really fun one our i i don't know what to say we're just so thankful for paula's friendship and all the things she's done to help us out over the years obviously game day will will probably always be one of our best memories uh, getting to be a part of the backstage game day experience uh but this is at ppjmu on twitter uh most of you know um the best the best duke there is so um she asked if there was a jmu cocktail rob what would it be what's in it and what would the name be and i don't know that i've gotten i haven't settled on the name but i i uh i've got a cocktail so i don't know if you want to go first or want me to go or we could combo the only thing i have is a name like i i i love love going to to cocktail bars and everything but nine times out of ten i regret not just ordering a manhattan an old-fashioned or bourbon like Mm -hmm. everything else just kind of tastes good yep so i I don't know so i mine will have bourbon in some way but it's got to be you got to call it the 2116 right yeah that's a oh that's fantastic that's all I came up with. Like, oh. I just know it's, it involves bourbon and then I don't know, maybe like salty so hokey like, tears. Do we call it the book it or do we call it the uh, <laughs> monitoring the situation? But I think 2116 is, is a more celebratory. Yeah, yeah. yeah you got to yeah. be fun with it. So that's yeah. that's the best. I, I'm halfway through. So, so mine, I wanted to start with a bourbon. Mm-hmm. I, I felt like you. It's JMU. It's Harrisonburg. It's the Valley. Uh, as much as I'm a gin, gin guy myself, I felt like it's – this has got to be a bourbon drink mm-hmm. um, for JMU. I, I, so basically, I, I tried to sort of play off of a nor'easter. So something like that—that that would normally be bur- some version of bourbon, lime juice. Um, you'd normally have maple syrup in it and ginger beer. So I don't love the maple syrup. I was trying to think of something else, but even if we left the maple syrup, which is kind of a hearty fall, you know, sweetener. Um, but bourbon, lime juice, ginger beer, maple syrup. And I like a lot of things with ginger beer. Um, the one thing I was thinking was we could add like a garnish of something like ramps, like okay. some kind of local onion or something that um, I don't know that I feel like would be off the wall. But I mean, because a nor'easter, I think you'd pretty much just have a lime if yeah, you were garnishing it at all. Um, what, what about the chicken wing for the poultry? Poultry rocket. Oh, yeah, yeah, the chicken wing. Yes, yeah. that would be good. Yeah. Like a, you don't need to put it in there, but put it on a skewer like a Bloody Mary and just chicken for the I like that. The, the poultry yeah. capital of the world. Yeah, just put a thumb and a thumb and a toe. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. Into the drink. Yeah. So I, I like that. I was just thinking about how to but but the twenty one sixteen is definitely oh, that's it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll see. We got we're going back to Rob. We're going, right? We're we're going to um Lane Stadium. Yeah, I mean the way things are trending. Yeah, yeah. I, I've I've long said we should never play Virginia Tech again. Come on, huh? right. I don't know. I'm we sorry. might be favored by then. Yeah, we get a little cocky. We think so. Yeah. Oh yeah, and also I don't know if you watched this video, but um, yeah, it was yeah. pretty fun seeing the uh, college game of the year made took place because Liberty was willing to stand aside and watch. Yes. <laughs> oh yes, that's really fantastic. Um, so that that. Uh, covers all the topics. Thank you to everyone. I, I can't tell you. It just even just writing these down and kind of thinking about them tonight and seeing who they came from. It made us smile a ton. 
just seeing those names, Rob, of people we've talked to, interacted with, um, in some cases know as good friends, you know. Uh, we're just so, so grateful. This year in particular, and this time of year, even more so um, for all of you and for the fact that we're on here talking to each other most Monday nights, and in this case, Wednesday, uh, for almost an hour every week. So we, we really, really love you guys and appreciate the continued interaction. So, yeah. yeah. What you said times a thousand, it, it really, it means, means the world to us uh, in a normal year, but this year in particular, we really, really appreciate it. And it's been the absolute best distraction uh, we've had for, you know, over a decade, but this year more than ever. And I think this year, the difference is you and I both appreciate it a little bit more than maybe in the past we took it for granted or we're just like, oh, it's one of those things. But it is really, really neat, the kind of mini community we've built here around the blog and the podcast and, and all the friends we've made. So thank you again. Yeah, it's incredible. So thank you, everybody. Uh, Rob, I will be looking forward to talking with you next week. I don't know if we'll do um, holidays or music or books or some combination of the, of the three, uh, but we'll have some to talk about and hopefully at least one more women's game uh, on the horizon this week. Yeah, I hope so. All right. Thanks, Rob. See you. See ya. Go Dukes. Thank you.